And the Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed the breath of life into his nostrils. And a man became a living being. You'll find that in God's word. In the Latin, there's a phrase, Amajo Dei, which means made in the image of God. My friends, welcome to season eight of Joining Souls Community, hanging with Mr. Rogers. The premise of this podcast is to highlight the work, gifts, and contributions to our communities all around the world. This is a passion project in life that I see as a personal responsibility to make aware of those around the world about all the positive and life-changing work happening everywhere. We just have to find it and share it and talk about it via a platform that will get the most positive exposure. Join me in the lovely adventurous journey that is Enjoying Souls. Talk to you. Hello, can you hear me? Hello. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes, I'm here. Excellent. Hey, friends, welcome to another episode of Joining Souls Community. Um, again, your host, Mr. Rogers. And today, we'll be with my friend Pam. We're giving it a second go, second swing. We had some uh, some uh, patchy recording, so we're going to go ahead and try. Um, we're going to try this again. Pam, how are you? I'm good, thank you. All right. Well, let's go ahead and get started. And for for our listeners, tell tell us a little bit about your background. Okay. Um, my background, basically, I'm a person who grew up in the Midwest in a family of six. There, we grew up kind of um, with a stay-at-home mom working dad scenario kind of that traditional family growing up mentality I, I like to say that I grew up kind of like in that little rascal um leave it to beaver kind of household um lots of love but we um my parents worked hard but there wasn't always a lot of money when we were younger and eventually they went on to become entrepreneurs and I got to watch them work and create a pretty you know, nice living for themselves. Mm-hmm. And then in the 80s, when the recession hit, they lost everything and had to start over. So, you know, we had lots of, um, you know, we saw a lot of different things as a kid growing up from being somewhat poor to mm-hmm. having a pretty comfortable living to struggling again. So it was, you know, it was a good, in in a way, it was a good thing to s- see a different you know, different lifestyles as you were a kid instead of just growing up in one thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's it's maybe bad to say you got to see a lot of struggle, but I think in most families these days you see struggle, you know, and see how your parents help, handled struggle and, you know, right. all the stuff that you learned from that, good and not so good. <laughs> so, um, and then when I was um, older, I was married I went to school and got married when I was young kind of 23 ish but at in my little small town that I grew up in that's kind of what a woman was supposed to do get married have kids and you know get the house and all that kind of stuff so I did all of that and that's kind of was um, my background living the life that I thought I was supposed to live for most of my early years up until I was in my mid-30s and then there was a big shift Okay. All right. All right. Now let's let's go ahead. Let's just jump right to it. You said a big shift. Now, yes. Tell us about that. Okay. 
my shift pretty much occurred kind of what I call a dark night of the soul situation happened to me where I began to have the realization because of extenuating circumstances that was going on in my life and in my marriage and just some challenges. I kind of woke up to this awakening of, boy, my life is a lie in in some ways and that kind of threw me into a really big tailspin where i started questioning all the beliefs and questioning even if there was a god because i had grown up in a christian home and grew mm -hmm. up catholic for most of my life so i started you know really being kind of angry even at god <laughs> at this point and mm -hmm. even questioning if there was such a thing so in that dark night moment where I was, you know, depressed and all those kind of things coming up. And I, I was hiding it from everyone because I was just that kid who had it all together and, you know, mm -hmm. just tried to be the nice person and the fixer and the people pleaser. I had all that going on, all those stuff that you shouldn't do I was doing so um, I kept I kept this dark night of my soul to myself mm -hmm. and in a way it was the best thing I could have done because I had no one to lean on other than start questioning God and being like okay if you're out there then you got to do something here because I'm just willing for you to take me out at this point because I'm I just don't want to live like this anymore. And in those, in that moment of that kind of a surrender and a giving up kind of mentality, that's when a little bit of light started peering through the darkness in that dark night of the soul. Mm -hmm. And slowly, I'm not going to say just overnight, you mm -hmm. know, everything went from horrible to bah, but mm -hmm. slowly over time, things started shifting because um, one of the main reasons was because I met, met a mentor who started mentoring me in a way of God that I was not familiar with. Uh -huh. And that led to pulling me out of the dark night of the soul and eventually led to what I'm doing now, which is spiritual mentoring and led me to author the book, Spiritual Springboard, okay. which helps people move from a belief into an actual personal experience of God. Okay. Okay. So tell us about I'd say that that's a that's a good lead in. Tell us about you said the, the spiritual mentoring. Talk about that. Yes. Well the interesting thing about this was this was my neighbor who I had lived next door to maybe for four or five years. And she was an older woman, I would say probably in her mid to late sixties. And what happened was I was having problems sleeping at night. So a lot of time, and to be honest, it was the only time I could have to myself because I had four little kids and my house was the neighborhood house where all kids played. So my days were just filled with kids and people. So I, there was never any time for me unless I would stay up late after everyone was in bed. So I was on my porch at two in the morning, um, just in the state of despair and questioning and, you know, pouring through the Bible and all these other books, just, you know, in a state and her porch, her porch light flipped on and she stepped out and she hollered over to me. She says, what are you doing over there? And I 
oh, I'm just, I'm fine. I'm just reading or whatever. And she said, why don't you come over here? So I walked over to her house and she invited me in. Mm. And then she just began to start mentoring to me uh, about this new version of God that I was, I don't know if I would say I was unaware of, but a new experience of God, I should say. And it was just that moment at two in the morning when the stars aligned and it was like a divine appointment. I called it a divine appointment because prior to that, we were just neighborly where we would just say hello, you know, make small talk mm-hmm. and nothing of any substance. But that night, everything changed. So did you know, did you know that uh, your neighbor had this, this deep spirituality? You know, I did not. She mm-hmm. had, you know, she had never, um, Other than she may, I knew that she had done some volunteer work for different community organizations that had some Christian um, connections, Mm -hmm. but she was not someone who went to church every Sunday, Mm -hmm. at least at this age. Um, Now I know that she grew up in a Christian environment, but over time, kind of kind of fell away. I don't want to say fall, fell away, but she just didn't go to church like she normally had growing up most of her life. She yeah. went more into um, a different realm of Christianity, which was mm-hmm. maybe a little bit more elevated and a higher realm of Christianity. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't know that until that night. So it was really interesting. Okay. Okay. Now, are you now, you said that, that was your neighbor then. Is this, uh, this your mentor, uh, your spiritual mentor? She's st- still your neighbor or is this from previous? No, this is from previous. Um, she actually has passed away since, but um, okay. she was she was my first mentor and probably the most significant in that mm-hmm. she s- helped set me on the spiritual path. Okay. And just to give me that support and the awareness and the, actually she gave me so many great tools to help me experience it for myself you know I think a lot of I think a lot of times when especially teachers they they when they teach you something they in good faith or whatever they try to get you to see their point of view mm-hmm. but she was different in that she she told me what I could expect but she let the experience speak for itself. And she just gave me the simple tools so that I could actually see for myself. And that's what I wrote about a lot in the book. I actually shared a lot of her tools so okay. that people could utilize them for themselves. Now your, your book, I, while we were sitting here, I just went, took the liberty, just jumped on Google and listeners also, you can do very, it's very, that, that simple spiritual springboard. I jumped on and, and I saw uh, Amazon, Barnes and Noble. I mean, all of them popped up. Now, can you, with your with your book panel, can can we get it as far as like e like e version? Yes, on Amazon, it's available on both the e version and um, the paperback. Okay, excellent. That's good. It's great. Well, talk to us along those lines. I mean, gosh, the the process. Talk to us about. Some of my listeners out there have books before, some of them have not, some are on the fence, such as myself, <laughs> so, yeah. trying to uh, 
think if that's a uh, something that I'm brave enough to to jump off into, tell us about that that process as far. Yes. Now, for me, I think I may have mentioned this in our pre-interview call, but for me to write a book was probably the last person that you would ever think to write a book because English and grammar was by far my worst subject. I was like a science, I was a science, more science and that kind of, that just stuck with me better than the grammar in English. But so whenever I felt to write the book and really the only reason I did write it was because all of those tools were making such you know, they just made such a huge difference in my life. And then mm-hmm. in the lives of the people I started sharing with them, I was like, man, people need to know there's another version of God. So I just felt compelled to write it. And I really didn't know, number one, how to write a book, mm-hmm. what I was even going to write. But what I kind of did with my process is I just left it up to, to when I felt guided to write. Mm-hmm. and in those moments of inspiration, I would write whatever was coming to me. Mm-hmm. And then I would just ask for guidance. Like for a long time, I had all this random writing yeah. and I was like, how do I even lay this out? You know, I don't have any idea of how to even lay out a book. Right. And one day when, you know, I had been asking, okay, I need some help with this. Cause I have no idea. One day when I was just exercising in the gym, mm-hmm. it was like, it was just popped into my head kind yeah. of like a download of all the headings and subheadings I should use to lay out each chapter. So mm. I was grateful for that because otherwise I would have been, you know, lost in how to do that. And obviously for you or anybody else out there who is wanting to write a book, there are great, you know, tools and stuff like that that you can go to. And one of the things that I read a lot about was to write, they said, write so many words a day. You know, that's just to get in that pattern of writing. Well, mm-hmm. I just didn't do it that way. Not to say that my way's better, but I just wanted to write when I felt inspired because I wanted to make sure it was coming more, I don't know, maybe from a spiritual mm-hmm. place more than just my own Right. understanding so right. that's just how I did it not yeah. to say that's the right way though <laughs> no I actually I can I can really yeah but I will say if I can write a book anybody can write a book so don't be afraid yeah <laughs> so now um how long as far as as far as actually uh, would you say as far as gathering the, the information and, and getting some type of um, structure to it and putting a book together. How, how long would you? Would- I would say um, it probably took. Hmm, it probably took me a good six or eight months to get the majority of the book down. But then, just the, I'm not. I was never real technically. You know, I'm a little bit technically challenged as well. So. Mm-hmm. I self-published and did all of it that way. So that was a little bit of a learning curve too. Um, At the time, I just didn't have the finances to hire, you know, a marketing, you know, to go through all the steps of like a book agent and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So I just did all of that myself and found people to help me along the way, design my book cover and Mm -hmm. edit it and all those kind of things. So 
I, all in total, it probably took me a little bit over a year. Mm -hmm. And then once it was done, I was like, okay, God, it's done. What do I do now? <laughs> and I had just, I really sat on it for a couple yeah. of years because I really didn't yeah. know what to, I didn't really know what to do with it. Mm -hmm. um, up until now, I thought, I just felt now was the right time to start promoting it. And I thought people maybe would be ready mm -hmm. and maybe a little bit more open-minded for um, some of the information that's in there, even though it's not too far removed from the norm, but right. I just felt like the timing might be right now. Okay. Okay. Well, you know, with that, with that being said, we've heard some of, some of your background as far as writing. And so as far as your, your passion, what, what are you passionate about? Your passion writing or are you passionate? Or yeah. What? Well, I, that's a great question. To be honest with you, if I can kind of segue a little bit, of, to, I'm going to answer your question, but this was a big thing for me. I always, and I think I'm not alone in this, you try to so hard find your passion, find your purpose. And I think a lot of people, as I know I did, I would always be like, what am I supposed to be doing? You know, what, what am I passionate about? Yada, yada. And always nothing you know nothing came but mm -hmm. what i found was that my passion found me as okay. i stepped onto the spiritual path okay. Be because as i started stepping out and growing and i always say healing along mm -hmm. my spiritual journey all of a sudden i found myself in a job that mm -hmm. You know, I was happy to take, but I didn't really envision myself at. But in the course of being at that job, I recognized the passion because what I was actually doing, I was teaching high school health and wellness. And I would find myself in front of my students multiple times throughout the year, encouraging them and reminding them that their past doesn't define them and that they're um, there's so much more to them than who they, you know, than who people think, you know, I would just encourage them like that and try right. to remind them of who they were without mm -hmm. using religious terminology. And right. what I always found is every time I would be in that encouraging space of reminding them who they were mm -hmm. and that, you know, to look beyond their past and what has happened to them. Um, the Holy Spirit always came over me so strong and mm -hmm. like the passion would just rise up in me. Mm -hmm. So I took the step eventually after seven years of doing that. And the same thing would happen to me every single time. Mm -hmm. I like, okay, this is, this is a path that I need to follow down. And so I know that I'm an encourager and a healer um, okay. to help, to help people reawaken to who, who they truly are on the inside okay. at the level of their soul. I like to say at their soul yeah. level. Okay. Let's, let's, let's focus in, help us focus in on, you, you said, you mentioned obviously an encourager and a healer. Talk, talk about that. You know, a healer. How do, how do you mean? Well, for me, I believe that, and, and it's my experience that healing can take a whole bunch of different forms through mm -hmm. You know, speaking, I do hands-on, I do hands-on touch as well. 
okay. where I do hands-on praying and um, healing. And okay. that was all part of my spiritual journey where a teacher was sent to show me, to introduce me to that. Because, of course, I'd read about that in the Bible and, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. saw people called up to the front where everybody put their hands on them and prayed. But right. this was a more in-depth look at how energy works and how God's energy can manifest himself through you as because you're just offering to be used of service mm -hmm. and through that experience i was completely blown away mm -hmm. by what i saw happening in people mm -hmm. that um that allowed me to work on them so mm -hmm. that's what i mean by did the healing part of that and even now i'm there's so many different levels to healing i'm being made aware of mm -hmm. that even goes beyond into healing the soul and encouraging again kind of goes hand in hand with that because I think our society is so quick to get the quick fix of medicate mm -hmm. and go to the doctor or you know whatever whatever it is even if it's financial or relationship get rid of the bad relationship instead of looking for the source of their pain and suffering and once we get to that source of what's pain and suffering that's when the true healing begins because what I was recognizing when I was working on people um, what would be happening they would feel so much better after you know and I could feel God coming through big in a session but then a month or two so later they'd come back again for the same issues. So I was seeing that this pattern of help, but it wasn't getting healed because we weren't getting to this, the core or the root of what was, mm -hmm. um, what the problem was. So um, that was my experience. And it's been an interesting now that I'm seeing that you have to heal from the inside out it has shifted my whole view of God and the soul and um, healing as a whole. And that it is part of the spiritual journey, really, um, that people maybe don't recognize. Okay. Okay. So now, now you're with the spiritual springboard. Yes. Now that, and you, of course you, you talked about as far as the, the, the healing portion, what, would you consider it this a uh, of course you said you're passionate about it and i definitely can tell that is it is it uh would you consider it or would a person consider this a, a said and i'm throwing up air quotes if you could see my fingers okay a ministry itself or or is this different yes i would think i would think that it's a ministry mm -hmm. where i'm sharing a new paradigm of healing and a new I'm, and I'm, and when I say new I'm throwing up air quotes because it's been around but for maybe a new perspective because mm -hmm. a, the perspective has kept God in this box of li limited understanding mm -hmm. so when I say new I don't mean you know God's always been able to do whatever he wants to do right. but we get in the way Gotcha. through our limited perspective. So mm -hmm. as far as a ministry around it, my ministry is to kind of be the messenger, like, hey, there's so much more 
for you than you're allowing and you know kind of like get out of god's way because he wants to you know come in and do some miraculous crazy things in your life mm-hmm. if you'll if you'll um open your mind up to a new possibility mm-hmm. for yourself and who you think god is now can i say something yes i now i don't know every one of my listeners out there where they're at with god but what you're what you're speaking of for some could be wildly radical in thought what you're talking about as far as this this uh, i like how you put it and i and i i'm tracking with you when you say a new place not something that's necessarily that has been uh discovered for the first time per se however i, I know what you're talking about in terms of experientially and experiencing God and, and, and going to a new place spiritually, um, a different place, I should say. And um, so <laughs> what would be your, and you may have, I, I would imagine along the way, you may have been in communication with, with some folk, maybe they were having a hard time because this seems like a radical way to approach God. Not, And when I say that, not as in the sense of a religious way of approaching approaching God, but more of a, a, a freeing type approach to God. Does that make sense? Yes. No, I think that does make sense because I know from me, you know, growing up Catholic, and mm. then after I had my dark night of the soul, I obviously was mad at my Catholic upbringing because and it, and it was an unfair madness at the time, but God was showing me so much more. And I was like, why, you know, at the time I was blaming them. Why weren't you telling me this, you know, kind of that's kind of, but you know, that was just part of my process. So what I did is I went on to Christian non-denominational churches mm-hmm. because I had the mindset from my growing up that if you didn't go to church every Sunday, God wasn't going to be happy with you. So I Mm -hmm. still thought at that time that I had to go to church every Sunday to be pleasing to God and be worthy. And, you know, all those all those uh, church terms we hear Mm -hmm. that we think. I, th- I know I said this to you before, but I think I need to mention it here again. Yeah. There's that unworthiness lingo, that sinner lingo, that, mm-hmm. and then on, they come back with that and say, but thankfully, God is so graceful and forgiving that he, you know, will come to our aid and all of, all of those kinds of, you know, lingo things that they say, which is all true. But for me, and I think a lot of people in church, what happens in our soul and our subconscious is the unworthiness and the brokenness and the sinner Mm -hmm. is what drives our life. And then we can't experience all God has for us because we and subconsciously are beating ourselves up for being sinners. We're Mm -hmm. continually telling ourselves we're unworthy and that we're broken and then our life mimics those just to say oh yeah that's true that's true and so the god coming full in big grace a lot of times gets blocked because of those paradigms so that's what happened mm-hmm. 
to me, and I recognize it happens to a lot of Christians. Right. So um, for me, when I started learning this new understanding of God and it seemed mm -hmm. way radical, mm -hmm. I, I just couldn't keep going to church at the, that time because right. it was kind of like taking two steps forward. And then when you go to church, you get knocked back a step mm -hmm. because the message was still unworthiness. I you know that I was hearing unworthiness broken. And I'm like, God's trying to pull me out of that. But I keep putting myself back into that situation where I keep hearing that message. So mm -hmm. I recognized it wasn't good for me until I was stronger and right. out of that mentality. Mm -hmm. So for me, I, I had to step away from church mm -hmm. just simply because I recognized those programs were so strong in me. And mm -hmm all that church was doing was reinforcing that to me. Mm. And mm. this is kind of an interesting story because even though those I've worked on those programs for a lot of years, they're, they're, you know, the roots of those are deep. So I right. keep pulling up more and more roots of those. But one particular day here, I'm in Nashville, Tennessee. Mm -hmm. I felt called to go to this really great church here in town mm -hmm. and they had a, I'm going to say it was like a Tuesday morning every week, a community prayer hour. Okay. And I thought, okay, I'm going to go to this community prayer hour. That sounds something I could do mm -hmm. to be beneficial to God and just to pray. Really, I just wanted to pray and be around other believers. Well, when I got there, they opened up the floor for prayer. Mm -hmm. And all of the prayer, I'm not going to say all, but I'm going to say probably 80% of the prayers had those words in them, Lord, I know we're unworthy and mm -hmm. we're, we don't deserve your grace. Like, mm -hmm. you know, those kind of prayers. And I'm sure everybody's heard people pray like that and, you know, right. no knock to them, right. but God came upon me so strong and mm -hmm. he's told me, he goes, tell these, you know, kind of tell these people that mm -hmm. this limited prayer and talking has got to cease. Mm -hmm. So, I was terrified to speak up because here I am in this place, you know, I'm in this church for the first time at this prayer hour with these people. Nobody knows me. Right. And so I speak up and I, I pray, mm -hmm. you know, and I told, I said, this is what I'm, I'm hearing God tell me to tell. So mm -hmm. I say that. And then the next person prays and the next person prays. And the same message starts up again. <laughs> so mm -hmm. I was like, going, oh, it was, I, you know, whatever. But mm -hmm. I was still like going, man, it's just so deep rooted. People, yeah. you know, it's so deep rooted that people, you know, subconsciously, I think, just start spewing that message. And it really just doesn't serve us as Christians to hang on to that and to grip that. And God wants to show us so much more and get us out of that mental box. Right. Um, where that kind of keeps us bound and burdened, you know, it's, it's just saddles us with unworthiness, you know, what a saddle to mm -hmm. saddle people with unworthiness and brokenness. And obviously I like to tell people, yeah, you may feel broken and you may feel, um, you may feel unworthy, but you're a child of the most high. You are created in the image of Christ. How can you be any of those things? You know, mm -hmm. so 
So that's kind of, I mean, that's the radical, I guess, you know, for people who might say that's a radical way to look at it. Mm-hmm. Um, it might be radical to them now, but if they keep an open mind, mm-hmm. it won't be radical because God will show them. Because I'm always of the, I'm always of the thing, don't believe me. Mm-hmm. But keep an open mind and let God show you himself. Go to God and he will show you if you keep an open mind. Right. Wow. You know, let's, um, Pam, with your permission, I know we, friends, we had spoken about this before in part, part two. And today I want to I want to keep it relatively condensed, uh, if you will. And Pam, I would like to have a Come have you back on as part two, and then we pick up in specifically in the spiritual mentoring piece. And then also I want to kind of piggyback upon that with as far as breaking away from religion, because I, I think that's uh, I think that's a, a portion that needs to be spoken to. And I'm pretty sure my listeners uh, most have expressed uh, different interest there in hearing uh, a touch more uh, with regards and not, not necessarily from 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 you, Pam, but it's mm-hmm. just from from some of our guests where we talked about some different spiritual things, mm-hmm. and um, so yeah, let's let's go ahead. I want to go ahead and close out for today. Okay, we got a lot a lot for our folks to chew on, and I want to make sure that they come back so they can, like I said, a spiritual mentoring. I think that's something that uh, for certain, and you're you're definitely versed on it, and I want to. Uh, have that opportunity so we can kind of focus in there. Sound like a good, a good thing? That sounds like a great thing. Um, and can I remind your listeners sure. of mm-hmm. the letter? I received a letter one night while I was in a kind of a sleep state. It mm-hmm. was a letter from God to encourage his children. Mm-hmm. And it is a fantastic letter that I was is honored to be able to pin for him and Mm -hmm. if your listeners go to my instagram page which is spiritual Mm -hmm. springboard and go to the link in my bio Mm -hmm. it'll take them to a place where they can click on a button and throw their email in there and i will send them that letter and i think it'll really be of encouragement and inspiration to them well that's good hey listeners definitely make a note of that and uh, i mentioned that pat Yes. Uh, also, guys, just as, as we're closing again, uh, as far as now, Pam, you mentioned Instagram. Are you, are you, what other uh, socials, Facebook you're on? Yes, I'm on Facebook. And then I have a blog called spiritualspringboard.com as okay. well, where I put some writings up. Um, I just do that periodically as stuff comes okay. to me and I feel moved to do it. It's not something I, you know, am regimented about, but there's, there are quite a few articles up there that people can read and chew on if they want to. Good. Okay. All right. Well, friends, Pam, well, we're going to go ahead and close for today and we'll be, Pam, we'll be in communication again for uh, part two. I look forward to talking to you again, Kevin. Thanks for having me on. Yes. Thank you. All right, friends. We're signing off. Y'all take care and God bless you all. God bless.